to the Violinist Podcast, where we are talking about violin in a professional way and important topics concerning violin playing with some of the greatest violinists of nowadays. Today is our first guest, first concertmaster of the Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra, winner of the first prize at Kuopio Violin Competition and sixth place of Jean Sibelius Competition, professor of the Sibelius Academy in Helsinki, Pekka Kaupinen. Hello, Pekka, how are you doing today? Well, I think I'm doing very fine, thank you. Could you tell us a bit more about yourself and your professional career? Well, um, I started very early, like many violin players. I was five years old. For ten years I played a little. It was kind of a hobby. Mm. And then I studied at the Sibelius Academy Youth Department. I was 16 years and then I started studying violin for real. And after 10 years of this studying, I got the uh, position in the Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra as the first concertmaster. And here I am. Oh, very nice. Uh, you are one of the most prominent representatives of the Finnish Violin School. Could you tell us, please, how it differs from other modern violin schools, like, for example, let's say, German, French, post-Soviet or American? Um, I'm not so sure whether there are so much of these schools anymore. Uh, I have had teachers from Finland, Russia, France, Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic. Um, and uh, I, I just don't feel that I would represent any school. It's a complete mixture. Of, of many schools, I think. Hmm. Could you say, could you tell us who were your teachers? Um, well, maybe the most important teachers were uh, Seppo Tukijainen at the Sibelius Academy. And then I studied in Denmark for three years with uh, Milan Vitek from Czech, Czech Republic, I mean, and uh, then um, then I came back to Finland to, to finish my studies at the Sibelius Academy with uh, Igor Besrotny from uh, Soviet Union. And um, these three are the most important teachers for me. In La Peranta Music School, as a kid, I had many, many very nice teachers. There was never anything wrong with them. So I was very lucky that way. Nice to hear. Well, I myself had uh, lessons with uh, violinists also from all around the world. And I have been playing together in different collectives, in different countries. But what is making me quite often very confusing is uh, that many of them has a, has a contrary view on some things, for example, how to play Bach, Beethoven, how to play Mozart, some technical stuff. What can you advise in these situations? Well, that's a very good question. I'm also a bit confused, especially with Bach. Um, in Finland, I think we follow our time and the new tradition of Baroque playing 
And for example, when I listen to Sibylus competition with the people, violinists from all over the world, they played in a much more romantic way. And uh, I was in a jury, but I, I still I don't know what the other members of the jury thought about this. What is they, their approach to Bach playing? So I think it might be that in Finland we are a bit ahead of our time in this uh, in this matter. Um, about technical things, I'm not pretty sure what would be the differences. Well, for example, like use of glissando. For example, I heard so many different opinions. I heard from opinions that you cannot use it at all. And also that you can use if it sounds good, <laughs> for example. Yeah. Well, um, my teacher, the last one, the Igor Besserny, told me once that um, you are not, you don't like playing glissandos, and I was very surprised because I thought that I do it. But uh, well, then I heard some of his recordings, and then I realized that the old, old school, uh, what he represents, of course the the concept of glissando was was very different from what i experienced and uh, it's great i mean it, it's very great but it's so far from what i do and uh, well he, he was I, I think he was a great teacher and a very nice man he didn't force me to do anything um yeah as for me it's true I don't play so many glissandi, but uh, I still like them. So I don't have any rules for this. So as as far as the glissando sounds good, I like them. So it depends on type of glissando. Right? Yeah, the type of glissando, the type of player, the personality and the style. Yeah. And uh, like another technical stuff, like vibrato. Someone plays, for example, Bach totally without vibrato, and someone uses quite a big vibrato. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that in the in Sibelius competition, almost all players used a lot of vibrato, which was surprising for me. I have heard heard um, recordings, for example, from um, um, ah, this is bad. <laughs> I can't get the name now in my head, but uh, it's also possible to play completely without vibrato if it sounds good. And uh, there are also um, some upsides in, in not playing vibrato, at least when you practice playing Bach, because automatically, if you don't use vibrato, you start, you start uh, playing better with the bow. You start thinking about the phrasing with the bow and the colors only by using the bow uh, and uh, I think it's it makes the Bach playing much much more lively and maybe afterwards you can just add some vibrato in order to get even more colors so it also depends probably on type of vibrato right certainly 
like not uh, not very broad and yeah not, not very wide not very broad not very wide it's not too wide that's yeah one of the issue which worries all kind of musicians nowadays around the world is of course coronavirus pandemic and uh, what kind of impact it has on you and what you can advise to the violinist who now suffering from all range of the difficulties from losing their job and financial problems to just for staying at their place and having basically nothing to do which i think for artists cause also huge psychological problems yeah that's a situation which of course it worries at all um us all a lot and uh well what could i say my my situation myself uh, at the this point of my career and uh, my professional life it doesn't affect me so much but i i really feel sorry for all the students and people who are trying to start their professional career um i can only say that that um don't lose hope i'm uh, i'm 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 sure that very soon we will know better what will happen and uh, actually i'm i'm pretty sure that uh, things will get a lot of a lot better with this um maybe the cultural life uh, we get it back and uh, it this situation might even make us all think how really important music and culture is yeah i think i won't be wrong if i say that your professional achievements are something that every violinist is dreaming about you have success in all three fields as a soloist concert violinist also as orchestra violinist and violin pedagogue what should let's say young violinists do to achieve the same results and what the differences and difficulties in each of these fields um, well it's very evident <laughs> practice hard and stay interested in in all kind of things um, as for me i very often i wonder why why things turned out so so well for me i'm just lucky and also um, i practiced a lot i did a lot of work and um these ch things just they just worked out for me um and yeah I'm, I'm really happy for this this is my this was my aim when i started my career i wanted to do many different things um i never felt that i would be I would be, I would make my living as a soloist. It's so demanding, and um, it seemed that there are so many good violin players trying to do the same that it would maybe not be the case with me. But anyway, I got the chance to play a lot of, a lot as a soloist. I'm very happy for that, and um, uh, I enjoyed a lot of my. My journey in a Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra, it's almost 30 years now. And uh, this teaching is actually new for me. Not brand new, it's um, eight years now. 
at the Sibelius Academy and uh, I enjoy it also a lot. Okay, but uh, would you say us what the key differences, like for example, if you want to be orchestra player or soloist, what should you do differently? Um, I'm not sure whether you should do anything differently. If you if you want to be a soloist, you still have to study many things. You should know the repertoire, also the symphonic repertoire and chamber music repertoire. Um, and this goes also with the orchestra musicians. Um, but of course, um, there are some few players who, who want to be soloists and they have the possibility for that. So of course, it's, it's, the, it's the main thing to them to practice really a lot and know the, the solo repertoire. And for the orchestra musicians, I would just say that uh, go to concerts, um, think about the difference um, of playing in an orchestra and as a soloist. What are the differences in uh, approaching these two? two things and um, especially the things um, outside playing as an orchestra musician the social side of the of this job is very important okay. how to get along, along with people how to play together yes. with your desk mates uh, how to behave in orchestra it's very important for an orchestra musician uh, what about playing? Because I quite often heard uh, that, uh, for example, for audition you should play differently than you're playing at the concert, let's say. Yeah, it might be that in, in, um, in audition you shouldn't maybe play the pianissimo the same way as, as you, will, you have to do in, in orchestra. Um, but otherwise it's, it's not so different. Um, Maybe the main thing in, in audition is that you should hear the orchestra around you when they play the excerpts, even when you play them alone. But is there any difference in uh, performing solo repertoire at the audition? Um, I don't think so. Maybe the very extreme interpretations are something I wouldn't recommend in, in audition anyway. Okay, something what in the concert could be like bright individuality, but in the orchestra probably it won't be so good. One thing that follows up musicians through their whole professional career is a stress. How are you dealing with it on stage and out of the stage? Do you have that famous feeling of shaking or stiff hands on stage? Well, I have experienced it all, I promise you. Um, I, my personality is very calm. I look very calm always, so that makes people think that that guy is never nervous, but it's not true. So I have experienced everything that can happen on stage. Um, if you play a lot of chamber music and try to also arrange yourself solo performances, it will Everything will help for this. So play as much as possible, right? Yes, yes, yes. 
what was the hardest moment in your professional life and how you dealt with it? The hardest moment? Well, I'm not sure whether I had very hard moments, but yeah, sometimes when uh, it, it was maybe with this uh, social side, what I was talking about, I was maybe not the best at it when I started and, and I'm, I'm still learning. But uh, at some point I realized that uh, my, my colleagues in my section, they were a bit afraid of me. And I, I didn't know the reason. Um, that was hard to realize because um, actually when I studied, I never thought that I would be a boss. I wanted to play music, I, I wanted to be just friends with all. And then I, when I went to the Helsinki Phil, I realized that now I have to be the boss. And how to do that? Um, in, in my country, in Finland, it's a very equal country. So here, we, here the boss doesn't have to stay above, beyond the, the uh, Tutti players. So what I did was that I just started to very simply to have a chat with, with the players, ask how they are doing. In that way we get closer and I think I, I, I uh, became better in this respect. Have you ever thought about to give up violin? Um, well, since we only have one life, I think many of us, almost all of us, sometimes think that what if I did some, something totally different? Yeah, but um, um, there was ne never an, any serious thoughts about giving up and start a new study or, or anything. I always felt that uh, there are so many things in which I'm good at in, in music that it's it, it's enough. This is what I have to do. So you kind of felt that it's your thing. Certainly, yes. I believe that each of us should have the goal in life to add up as much as possible value to this world, or to say it's easier make the better world starting from ourselves in your opinion in which way we musicians can do it yes that's um, very very good that you ask this um, I, I think that people everywhere think very much ab about um, economical things for example, in every election in the world, it's, it's very important that the people who want to represent us know something about economics and, and they promise to make it better. And uh, this makes me, it's very understandable, but sometimes it makes me a little bit sad because in the Western world at least, and in this country, we have so much uh, things around us and we never never suffer from hunger so the this situation is very good so how how we make 
the world better. I think the culture and art has a very big part in it. Um, our job is to make the amount of people who use art to make their lives better, bigger. So we have to try to reach these people who could have art in their lives, but for some reason they don't do it. They are not interested in, in enough. We have to help them to find this. How is it to play in Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra? What do you like and what not so much? Um, it's a long journey already, the 28 years in the Helsinki field. The best part of it is that it all the time gets better, slowly but surely. So right now it's a very different orchestra from what it was when I started. That time we had a, also very good concerts, but maybe not every concert was so good. And uh, well, it's partly because of the education, which has got better. Um, and uh, well, many things. It's mostly the players who have done this difference and uh, I have still some years to go. I, I just want to make sure that this will go on. Okay, you talked about uh, education which improved. How, how exactly is it it's improved? Um, for example, the orchestra education at the Sibelius Academy has improved a lot from the situation from the 80s when I studied at the Sibelius Academy. Mm, people take it more seriously and uh, the organization is arranged, arranged much better. And if we go back in history for the 70s and 60s, uh, when I studied at the orchestra, my oldest colleagues have, had had their education in, in 50s and 60s. And uh, that was very different in many ways. The, the possibilities that people had for studying um, has changed because of the, of the funding of studies. At that time, uh, students were not supported the same way as they are supported now and have been for a long time in Finland. So I'm not sure whether the education is um, improving so much anymore, but the improvements um, during the latter half of the 20th century was very, very big. Mm -hmm. So quick questions. What instrument are you playing? My instrument is uh, Santo Serafin. Uh, Sanctus Serafin, I mean. It's from Venice, 1748. 
and it's not my own, but I have, I've been lucky enough to have it for 10 years now. For long? Yes. Okay. And what a bow? And my bow is uh, Voiran, and that's my own. Okay, and uh, what a difference it makes to play, let's say, that violin and that bow which you are playing now, com comparable to other violins or bows? It, it's a huge difference. I've been very lucky with this. I, I played on a Strad and a Guarneri, JB Guaragnini. And then I bought an own violin. Um, uh, that's uh, Josef Panormo. <laughs> Sorry, it's so difficult to recall names. I, I'm too old for this. Yes, Josef Panormo. Uh, that's also a pretty good violin. It's an English violin made by an Italian. Uh, Luthier. But then I finally I got this the chance to have a loan. I have this uh, Sanctus Seraphim, and I, I really enjoy this violin. Do you uh, like this this violin the most from which you played before? Well, yeah. Well, I I enjoyed the Guarneri, which was not a specific Guarneri from from some some. Uh, violin maker. It, it was from the Guarneri family. It was made of two different violins. Um, but I liked it a lot. And uh, as for the J.B. Guaragnini and Stradivarius, of course they were great violins, but, but for some reason I, I, I didn't enjoy them quite as much as these two, Serafina and Guarneri. Okay, and how can you Characterize your instrument. What makes it special? It's it's very warm. It's it's very special sound. Um, um, I have to take care of the sound all the time, but I like it. Um, it means that I I I don't use bow very much. Um, I use it relatively little, but but when you really search for the sound, you will get a, a good uh, a reward. And, uh, and the E string is very special. It's of all the violins I played. It's the best E string. The sound is very thick and bright at the same time. Very strong and beautiful. So it's important to have a very good violin, is it? Yes, it's important to have a good a violin that's that's good enough. Of course, I'm been lucky so I'm very spoiled. I, uh, when I played in, in the Savalina Opera Festival, that's an, we play outside, so I took my own old violin, that's Francois Cossin, French violin. It's also a good violin. I, I won the prize at the Quebec competition on this violin and that time I was very happy for this. But uh, during this festival I realized that, that I can't use it anymore because I, I'm, I'm used to these great violins and lucky enough I still have one very good violin so I'm happy. Uh, oh, it's nice to hear. And what strings are you using and why did you choose them? Well, I, I'm one of the laziest persons to, to uh, try new strings. So I have used dominants for decades. You like them? 
yes, and since I have very good violins, the the dominants are good enough. I know I know that maybe some some people don't think that the quality of them is not the best one, but uh, they are so practical, so it gives me time to concentrate on music and and practicing because they they last long and they stay in tune. And uh, what protein you're using? Um, I just bought a new one, but telling you the truth, I don't remember the name of the protein. <laughs> okay, well, it's also an interesting question because many violinists believe that uh, rosin actually does not create any big difference. What do you think? Mm, yeah, I don't know, since I didn't try so many. I, I, <laughs> I stick to, to one which I like and then at some point I ask the at the violin shop that uh, could you recommend me some some new rosin and then i get the recommendation and then i start using that okay so you like it yeah <laughs> okay who is the best solo violinist uh, concert master and pedagogue of nowadays ah the, this question is is totally impossible <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there are so many good ones okay but who who you like who is your favorite favorite concert master? Uh, who could it be? I have heard that uh, an old friend of mine, or, or at, at least the person I used to know, is Marlin Bruman in, in Swedish radio, and I heard that she does a great job there. And uh, yeah. And uh, solo violinist. Um, I liked a lot Isaac Perlman when I studied. Uh, I think he might be the greatest violinist of the latter half of the last century. And, uh, and now, at the at the moment, I've always admired uh, Frank Peter Zimmermann, who has been a guest in the Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra for many many times. His level of playing is always very high. And also Christian Tetzlaff. Um, these two are, come to my mind immediately. Oh, nice. And who is the best pedagogue, you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, best pedagogue could be, um, I think, my, my old teacher. Milan Vitek is still alive <laughs> and uh, still teaching and I admired his style of, of teaching a lot. If he's the best, I don't know, but a very good one anyway. Okay, and who is your favorite conductor? At the moment it's Esa-Pekka Salonen because he visited us last week and uh, I was very happy to play play with him after so many years. Um, I like our chief conductor Susanna Melki a lot. And about the big names in the world, um, I don't have so much experience because unfortunately we 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 don't get them. 
to Helsinki on a, reg in a regular basis. Do you like to read books? Yes, actually I read a lot of books. I've always read books. Could you recommend us three books that you like most? Uh, yeah. Well, um, I'm a great fan of Thomas Mann. Um, what I enjoyed maybe most was the um, series of four books, Joseph and his brothers. But that's a long one. So I would recommend uh, The Buddenbrooks by Thomas Mann. And then um, I, I enjoy a lot of classics. And uh, I read the Le Miserable by Victor Hugo very lately. <laughs> and I liked it. Yeah, liked it a lot. Uh, of course, it's kind of old fashioned, but, but, I, but I still enjoy it very much. Um, about the new, maybe, maybe somebody, some, some author who is alive. I like some works of, by Paul Auster. Like the New York Trilogy. Hmm. What can you wish to the people who are trying to reach their goals as professional journalists? I just wish all the good things to, to everybody. <laughs> okay. Would you like to leave any contact information for people who would like to get more professional knowledge in form of lesson or lecture from you? Uh, Sure, why not? Okay, then we will uh, put some email or something, some contact information. Okay. So you can reach Pekka and ask some more questions. <laughs> But anyway, thank you for a great interview and for sharing valuable information. It was very interesting, I think. And I think everyone who was listening to us can find some new things which he or she can apply in their wellness career. Thank you for listening and make sure you're following this channel for new interesting interviews coming up. Goodbye.